0: So if you brought your Bibles and you want to turn to John chapter 11, mark that. And let's go back uh, to the gospel according to Matthew uh, and turn to the uh, 26th chapter uh, of the book of Matthew. If you want to turn to those two places in just a little bit, uh, we're going to read an account um, that I want to look at this morning. I've been thinking a lot over the last uh, several days or even, I don't know, the last several weeks about our, our praise and our uh, how do we praise him? How do we worship him? Uh, what do we do? What does it look like? So I, I, I sat down and I've been trying to search out you know the scriptures and you know what what does it mean? What does it look like? What do we what do we do? And how do we do it? And you know, folks, it's it's like a lot of things. I don't know how to tell you to praise the Lord. I don't know how to tell you to worship the Lord. All I can tell you is it'll come from your heart. I believe your heart will manifest itself with actions. Your heart will manifest in actions. Lord, often I look in the mirror and I think, Lord, am I really grateful for what you've done for me because my actions, my words say one thing, but what about my actions? So I looked up, what does it mean to have the word praise? And i tell you what kind of a generic New Testament understanding of the word praise is. It means accommodation bestowed on a person for his personal virtues Or worthy actions. So you mean to tell me that praise means that we can acknowledge an action done by an individual that they are worthy of recognizing that action? So it means to to, uh, a personal virtue or a worthy action. Anything that is considered valuable. I may have tricked you just a little bit. Because every one of you are probably thinking, Jesus is worthy of our praise. What I'm going to read to you in just a minute is Jesus is going to praise Mary because she comes to his feet. When you talk about what praise is, there is a great example. That we're going to read about in Matthew chapter twenty-six, and I want to skip down to the thirteenth verse. This is talking about a woman that, that we're going to see about this three different times. She was found at his feet, folks. It's one thing for us to be able to praise him, but what does it look like when he looks down upon us and say, "That is an action that I believe is worthy of being recognized"? Do we exemplify in our lives actions that Christ himself would look down upon us and say that is a, is, a, is a recognizable action that they have taken that glorifies our only begotten, my only begotten son, Jesus. Look what we read in the 13th verse. This is Jesus speaking here. We see in the book of Proverbs it says man should not praise himself. Let others praise him. Matter of fact, I read that in Proverbs 27 and 2. It talked about how that we should not praise ourselves, but let somebody else do it. Folks, what happens when you are praised by God? Sure, we all come in this morning and you're like, well, preacher, I love to think that that Jesus is worthy of our praise. We're going to look at one today that Jesus is going to praise. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, He said, it's going to have an effect. It's going to make people worship and praise me. So he's going to praise it back. And he said, there shall also this be that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. You see, we're going to look at this chapter in its fullness But there were the scribes and there were the leaders that got together and according to the third verse, they were at Caiaphas' house. So you've got the the leaders at Caiaphas' house. Okay, I want you to imagine a left and a right or a front and a back. However you want to do that, you've got people here and at this meeting of this house, they want to know how they can secretly arrest Jesus. But over here on another group of people, Twelve, of whom were the disciples? There was about 17 people probably in this room. But you know what's interesting? And this is pretty much the entire account of the 26th chapter of Matthew. Outside of mentioning whose house they were at, three people. Until you get down to the end, Peter's the fourth one. But you know who the three people are mentioned are in a great portion of the 26th chapter of Matthew? Mary. Mary. Judas and Jesus. Folks, there's a world full of Judases that are out there. There's a world full of Mary's that are out there. There are people today that I believe want to love and adore and worship him. And Jesus said, I want you to look at the actions of this person. He said, I want you to see that she's not about herself. She is going to come to a place that she is going to worship him. Here in the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew, Mary's actions is going to be criticized. And this is where John chapter, I don't know, about John chapter 12. Let me just turn over and read that for just a second. If you mark that place, John chapter 12 This the uh, third verse. It says that she anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot. So notice who the leader is here. You got again, we're not talking about the, the leaders of the of the town that are at Caiaphas' house. These are the closest followers of Jesus. And even in the midst of those, you had a group of people that was going to say. Woman, you're not worshiping him the way that you should worship him. I pray that we never have to get to a place in church where people have to be reminded, regardless of what everybody else is doing, it's about your personal worship of Jesus. Folks, you can get in a church house and it can be, I don't know if I can say this, but it's, it's quiet as a church house is, it can be the mouse, it's just totally quiet. You don't you don't hear anything, you don't see anything. But you know what, folks, just because it's quiet doesn't mean you can't worship him You know what I believe? Revival gets contagious after a while. You know, sometimes we're afraid. What's going to happen if we praise Him? What's going to happen if we fall at His feet? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Jesus will praise you back. And He acknowledged that. He looked at that woman and He said, wherever the gospel is preached, people are going to fall at my feet, folks. There is no better place for the church of Jesus Christ. There is no better place for a sinner today than to fall at the very feet of Jesus That's where we belong as human beings is at His feet, but yet we get so consumed with so many things. And Jesus plainly points it out unto her. You've got Judas, you've got Mary, and then you've got Jesus. And Jesus acknowledges His. He never criticizes Mary. You know what? Mary got criticized by Martha earlier. Said Lord, He said, you know, she's she's not worried about taking care of the house. She's not worried about fixing things up. And Jesus said, she's exactly where she needs to be. She's at My feet. You know today of our prayer is that the, the, the world would hear the message. That they might hear the Word of God. And the Word of God says, may we be more concerned about being at the feet of Jesus. And He said, wherever the gospel is preached, He said, let this be a memorial. You know what that memorial means? He said, may this never die. May a New Testament church hear the fact that it never needs to die. That it is okay to praise and worship a risen Savior. If you need to say amen, it's okay to say amen. If you got to sing, just sing. If you want to just raise your hands, raise your hands. If you want to just shout glory, hallelujah, uh, glory to God in the highest. uh, Folks, it's okay to say these things. Why? Because He is worthy. But God recognizes her works here. And we see that there's some things that were happening. But but notice, let's read the 26th chapter. Let me skip down just, well, back up just a little bit to the 10th verse. Jesus understood it, and he saith unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? They were criticizing her and saying, You can't do these things. You know, they-, they thought that she was making a mistake. Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. You know, sometimes we get in a worship service and we want to praise the Lord, and we're thinking, You need to be quiet. We want to hear the word. Or you need to be quiet. We we got somewhere we got to go. or You need to be quiet. We got a-, a format, folks. You know what he said? He said wait a minute, why, why are you worried about what this woman's doing? She's weeping and she's falling at my feet. And she said, she wrought a good work upon me. He said, the poor? He said, yeah, those always her needs are going to be there. He says, but me? You have not always. He said, there's always a chance to do good. But there's not always a chance to worship and praise me. We can always worship and praise him, but you know what? You can't get saved whenever you want to. You can always go out here and do good deeds just because that's the good citizen thing you gotta do. But if, folks, you can't get saved when you want to. You gotta be in the very presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And if God is speaking and God is working, that there's a, a work that He said. It's a work that He says that, that that is transpiring there. But yet Mary, criticized by her sister, matter of fact, you go back into Luke's gospel, and you know I turn there to the tenth chapter. In the forty-first, it says, "My sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me." Do you know what her sister? Again, you got two groups of people. Sure, you got the people that are trying to figure out how they're going to arrest him and how they're. They said, "You can't do it during the Passover. Said you're you're, you're going to cause the people to revolt." He said, "We got to figure out a way." Well, they're they're getting away with Judas on the other side, but this is in the midst of the followers. Out of a small group of people that were meeting there with Jesus. Her own sister began to criticize her devotion and her worship of God. You know what? Sometimes I think people may come in a place and they say, that preacher is absolutely crazy. You know what? I'm okay as long as it's my form of worship under my Jesus You may do something, you may praise the Lord in some form or fashion. You know what, today, the world may look at us like we're absolutely crazy. But you know what, the world's going to tell us, the woman begins to come with an alabaster box. Let's understand that an alabaster box didn't just hold any kind of perfume. It was a very fragrant perfume. As a matter of fact, it was one that was anointing of a body right before death or after death. To give that aroma. You see this. He had told about the Passover was coming. She knew that this was not just a Passover lamb. She this was Passover of the Lamb of God. And she took the salabaster box. And she didn't want to just give Jesus something. She wanted to give him the very best that she had. What do you have to give to Jesus? You want to know what worship's like? Get to a place that you surrender the very best that you have you surrender everything to Him, your life, your job, your children, your health, uh, your everything about you. When you surrender everything to Him, He's going to recognize exactly what you've given up. Sometimes we'll say, well, you just don't know what I've sacrificed. I'll tell you this, anything you bring to Jesus, He understands the value of it. Some things are easier for you than they are for me. Some things are harder for me and some things are harder for you. But the thing is, He understands what we give up. Notice what her her sister began to say. He said, my sister hath left me alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. She didn't just come out and say that her sister kind of had her priorities wrong. But she was saying, Christ, why don't you bid her to follow after me? truth is, it wasn't Mary that had her priorities out of order. It was Martha. She got so cumbered about with these things, and uh, here these religious leaders had gathered together and they were plotting. You and I might look at this scene and say, you've got the disciples, you've got the followers, you, you, you've got the scribes and the, and the, 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 the chiefs of, the, of, the, of a community here. These are the ones that's going to do wrong and criticize worship, but it wasn't this group of people. It was those closest to them. <clears throat> In that 26th chapter the 13th verse, Jesus makes it very plain that he's going to acknowledge and he's going to recognize the fact and he's going to praise her. That kind of sounds a little different than what we're used to. When I say praise, you and I think what we do towards Jesus, and by the way, that's not wrong. That is very biblical. But what, again, remember when I say the word uh, praise means it, it's, it's it's how that we commend a person for, their, for their, their virtues or their worthy actions. God knows when we do things right. You know what that means? When we follow after the Spirit and we praise His holy name and we glorify His Son Jesus, folks, He recognizes that. And He said, do you know where you're going to find this kind of action? I know what you're probably thinking. Not every church is going to have... These people that are going to get excited and crying and weeping to fall at the feet of Jesus. Folks, I'll tell you, we're going to find these people. You're going to find people that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Regardless of the name over a door, people that truly have a relationship with Jesus are going to praise him. And when we praise him, he recognizes that. He said, wait a minute, that's not lip service right there. That's not people doing something to be seen of other men that's on the other side. These are people that are giving a, a, a recognition. These are people that are, that are doing deeds towards Jesus, not towards anybody else. And he says, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this be. So you got Simon, Mary, Martha, Go on, and you can read there, and you got the, the twelve apostles that were there. And let's skip to the seventh verse. And there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment. Three times we read about her. And she's at the feet of Jesus. If you go back and read when the time they came into the account, I read to you just a little bit earlier, where we talked about the account there in Luke chapter 10. She sat at his feet and she listened to his word. When Lazarus died, you know what the Bible says? The Bible teaches us that at the very death of Lazarus, and that's where I had you marked there in John chapter 11, you can read that account sometime, that when, when, when Lazarus, if you remember when Lazarus died, Mary and Martha were together, Martha went out to get him, and she came back and she said, Mary, she said, you need to follow me. She said, "But oh, we're going to go, and Mary goes out to meet him, and she falls at his feet. And then here again, what we're reading in John chapter 12, also here in Matthew chapter 26, she anoints his feet with this aroma, or she anoints him with this aroma that is going to set off a perfume to all of those that are in the room. Let me ask you this, if you could live your life and the only thing we ever knew about you was the fact that you spent your time at the feet of Jesus, folks, you have lived a blessed life. That's all we know about her, that every time we hear that something bad or something wrong has happened, she ends up at the feet of Jesus, folks. There's no better place that any one of us can end up than to end up at the feet of Jesus. That's where every one of us need to be, I believe this. I believe that when we die, we're going to heaven. I believe there's one that's going to rule in this this eternal place called heaven. And I believe Jesus will. I believe we are going to fall at the feet of Jesus. But folks, you can fall at the feet of Jesus right now. You can fall at His feet and realize His majesty. You can praise Him. You can worship Him. And I'll tell you this, He's worthy of it too. He's worthy of us breaking the silence when the people sit beside us saying, You shouldn't have done that. Led by Judas. Well, we're going to read this in just a second. <clears throat> but it says that she took this precious ointment, poured it on his head. Previous one they were talking about his feet. Here she gets to, to, on his head, it says, as he sat at meat. All of her problems, she brought them to Jesus. You know, I, I want you to know something about my Jesus. He's not here to take away some or most, or majority of your problems. He wants to take every single one of them. When's the last time that you went to Jesus and as that old song says, I surrender all. When's the last time you got to that place that you just took your alabaster box and you just poured it out saying, Jesus, everything I have in this life is useless. Folks, you can't unspill This perfume that was there, she said, when I poured it out, I didn't want it back. Folks, a surrender life is not just saying, God, I'm going to loan you something. It's when you give Him your heart, you give Him your life, and you don't ask for anything back. You say, God, it's all yours. It's called complete surrender to God. You don't get saved, folks, by just kind of holding on to something and pulling it back. You get saved when you completely surrender to God. And we see that she took the very best that she had and she came to a place and she was going to pour it out. She wasn't going to ask for it back. Lord, I'll give you my job or I'll give you my family, but I'm going to take them back later on. Folks, if you give it to him, you better let him have it. And when you do that, he'll recognize it. He'll, he'll, He'll give a memorial for it. And he said, this is the people I want to praise me. They trust me more than they trust themselves. What a wonderful thought that is. I don't know about you folks, but I trust God a whole lot better than I trust myself. God can take care of things. God provides the things that we stand in need of. And notice what happened. She took the very best that she could and she laid it at his feet. But the eighth verse tells us about the other person. Remember I told you that excluding Peter there at the end, in the mentioning of the two houses they were in, there's only three people mentioned. Let's look at Judas. Well, Jesus, Judas wanted that all instead of, let's use his words, let's rewind just a second. You had a group of people that was plotting how to arrest him. You had his followers over here, Judas in the midst of them. She pours out her, her, her ointment of alab- from the alabaster box and Judas said, do that, you could have sold it. You could have made a profit instead of just surrendering to Jesus. What a sad world we live in. When people would rather profit in this life instead of just surrendering it all to Jesus. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he just loses his own soul, what have you gained from it? Judas wanted Jesus to be the physical reign of this, this, this earthly kingdom and he was going to be the treasure of it all. He said, Oh, no, Jesus said, My kingdom's not of this world. He said, I'm not just going to rule here on this earth. He said, I want to talk about an eternal kingdom. Folks, today I believe there's an eternal kingdom for God's people and I believe that. I believe that Jesus is going to reign and rule. He is the governing of that that very city. And I believe today that Judas desired more for the earthly things than he did heavenly things. Folks, it will send you right straight to the pits of hell when you're more concerned about earthly things than your eternal security of your soul. And we see that Judas said, why did you take that and pour it out at his feet? For this ointment, he said in the ninth verse, might have been sold for much. But wait a minute. As long as we mask it with doing good, then it's okay. We sell the oil, give it to the poor. Oh, but wait a minute. You know what's going to happen? This money's going to go in a box. This money's going to go into an account. Let's call it that. And then we're going to give it to the poor. You know what Judas was going to do? He said, before you give it to the poor, I'm going to take it for me. You know, that's what the world wants to do. Instead of saying, sure, the idea is put, sell what you have, give it to the poor. But what Judas was saying is, I've got a box right here. We're going to put it in here. He said, then I'm going to keep it for myself. Folks, we cannot rob God. We can't take anything away from God. God knows all these things. He knows all the things about our heart. And he begins to fuss and complain there. And of all these people that were in the room, notice what happened. He said, we might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Do you know what G- Judas was? I don't ever want to imply, by the way, remember the two scenes. I don't ever want to imply, but I will say this. In the midst of his closest followers, there was a Judas that was in with the disciples, but was not of the disciples. There may be people all around us in church, in our jobs, in our homes. That are going to be the Judases of the world saying, don't do that. That's just not the way we do things. Or that's just not how things should be done, folks. If you want to fall at the feet of Jesus and you want to worship and you want to praise him, he is worthy. Remember what I said in the very beginning? Jesus recognized her work for what she was doing and how that she sacrificed these things. Every time that we see Mary. In her worship, and her devotion to Jesus, she was misunderstood. She was misunderstood. Sometimes we think that, it's, that, that the people around us have to get it, have to understand it. Folks, I want to tell you this. You can scream as loud as you want. You can go wherever you want to. You can pray as long as you want to. You can sing as many songs as you want to. You can hold your hands up for as long as you want. You can do whatever you want, and you do not have to be understood by me. I'll tell you this, if that's what's on your heart to do it, do it. And then you'll find out what that 13th verse is where there is a memorial. We see over and over that Martha misunderstood all of these things that was happening in her life. I think you and I can probably derive from this very scripture that it's, it's pretty much a given People's not going to understand why we do what we do. It's going to be misunderstood. You know what, folks? I had rather fought the feet of Jesus to be misunderstood by men than to do something that people understand and say, well, that makes sense. Has anybody here besides myself ever had to do something for the Lord? It just didn't add up. It just didn't sound right. It just didn't It didn't come at the right time. People will say, preacher, I got a song I got to sing. You want to say, that's not at the right time. We think that things are out of order and things just don't make sense. But you know what? I, I've learned this. When, when it comes to Jesus and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, folks, there is no wrong. There's a perfect plan. Do you think he ever tests us to see if we're going to say, but yeah. well, that's, just, that's just not right. That's just not how we do it. I shouldn't lift up my hands. I shouldn't begin to, to shout the glories of God. I shouldn't go out witnessing. I shouldn't be crying in church. I shouldn't get excited in church. I shouldn't sing when I can't sing. We, we come up with all of these things, folks. If that is your style of worship, you worship the Lord. And I'll tell you this, Jesus will take notice like he did with her. And he said, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this be that this woman hath done be told for a memorial, on, a memorial of her. It still is today. But you know what? Let's talk about Judas for just a second. I gotta hurry along. Jesus called him the son of perdition. And if you go back and read son of perdition, it actually means a son of waste. Son of waste. You got Mary, you've got Jesus, you've got Judas. And Judas was called by Jesus. He said, what you're worried about is a waste. Folks, I have a very deep conviction about me. That the things of this world, if that is our ultimate goal, what a waste of what God intended for us to have. Do you know what he intended for us? Not to live in the best houses, drive the nicest cars, have the most healthy looking bodies or you know, to have the most friends in our life. You know what He intended for us? To have eternal and everlasting life with Him. That's what He intended. But yet we lose our focus so easily and so quickly. We lose our focus and we get on these things and we become like Judas like, well man, we could have saved that. We, we could have sold it. We could have given it to the poor. And this lady said, I don't care about what anything else could have done. It belongs to Jesus. We see here that they came and they begin to worship Him. Let's get on down to the tenth verse. When Jesus understood it, he said to them, "Now we're going to talk about Jesus for just a minute. He's going to come to her defense. Oh, folks, it gets pretty good now. You've had the criticism." You've had the woman that just couldn't hold it back anymore. She anoints his, uh, him with this, this alabaster box, this ointment that she had. And, and Judas and, and the others start to criticize her saying, you shouldn't have done that. And now all of a sudden, not just somebody else in the room, but the one in the room, Jesus said, why trouble you the woman? Folks, if there's one person I want to go to my defense, it's Jesus. He's always right. He is always right. If he looked at her and told her what she was doing right, you know what I believe? She was right. If Jesus says you do something right, it's right. If he tells you it's wrong, it's wrong. It's kind of like if the, if the world tells you it's wrong, it kind of gets confusing. The world tells you it's wrong, you don't, you don't buy into that. If Jesus tells you it's wrong, that's a different story. If the word of God tells you it's wrong, that's a whole different story. But, but notice what happened. This lady brings to Jesus, and it was not wasted. In Judas' eyes, it was a waste. But in Jesus' eyes, it went exactly where it needed to go. And Jesus was going to warn them about an opportunity that they had that they were about to miss, and that is a chance to worship him. Verily, I say unto you, this is that 13th verse, the praise to Mary Came from Jesus. You know who the criticism came from? Judas. Oh, how often do we sit in a worship service and we worry about criticism? Preacher, they're going to make fun of the way you stutter and you talk and the way you just rant and storm and, start and you know, We worry about criticism from, man, I don't mean this bad, folks. I'm not worried about the criticism of the Judases of the world. I'm worried about praise from the Almighty God. And God knows. God knows these things. And that's why he's telling Mary, he said, I recognize these things. And you can see there in John, in that 12th chapter, and I'm going to turn over and read just a, a little bit for a second. In that 12th chapter and the 4th verse, it says, Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which to betray him. Why was not this ornament sold for 300 pence? So he's going to get specific about what's going on. He's going to influence others. Man, this is where it gets really twisted and wrong. I I want to call it that. Again, do you remember the two different rooms? You had the scribes. You had the leaders. This is his followers. Judas said, that's not the way this should be done. You know what? I think he's right. (laughs) Folks, if you ever jump on a bandwagon, it needs to be on the bandwagon of Jesus, not against him. All the others said, you know what? That makes sense. Folks, I don't want a worship in our life that makes sense. I want one that frees us of whatever it is that we have on our hearts and in our lives. We need to be freed of these things. And and, and he said that Jesus said, Verily I say unto you. Let's keep reading. I want to hurry along. Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world. You know what? We think that certain... Cultures and certain geographic locations has different styles of worship, and I would agree to that. But you know what they all have in common? Is that it affects people that hear the gospel and they all fall to Jesus. For it says the whole world. But where did Mary do this deed? In private. He talks about those that worship him and those that serve him privately. He said, I'll reward thee openly. Folks, he said, people are going to know that what you're doing is what I want. The 13th verse is that. She did something privately. What's the last thing you've done at home privately? You may think your home's not clean or your home's too far away for anybody to know about it or maybe you don't live in a big enough house or you you don't have a, a space that you can just sit down and read and study. But I'll tell you this, we can do things in the privacy of our life that I believe that Jesus will praise us for. He said, this woman came to my feet. This woman came to my presence. And he said, and now throughout the whole world, And what I love about it is, is that we're, remember how at one point that she was at his feet listening to the word of God. You see for, for Mary, her actions were attached to the word of God. Folks today, we do things not because we want to do them, but we do them in the authority of God's word. And all of a sudden we see that she, whatsoever this gospel, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached. I want to hurry along. But if I was to come in here this morning and tell you, man has walked on the moon. You know what? You're probably going to look at me real quick and say, preacher, that's old news. But you know what? Today, it never gets old. It's never an old story about people coming to the feet of Jesus. Jesus. It's still, he said, attached to the word. it's going through the whole world. And he said, it'll never die. Folks, aren't you glad today to know that praise and our worship unto him is not going to end? Amen. i got to go a little further than that. Preacher, one of these days, my knees are not going to hold up where I can stand up. One day, my, my, my shoulders are going to hurt too much. I can't lift up my hands. One day, my voice is going to be gone. Whatever it is, I can't do these things. I want to assure you of this. There's a lot of praise going on in heaven right now. It's not a silent place in heaven, and the Scripture is very plain about that. Heaven is not a quiet place. It's a place that's waiting on us that are saved. And you know what? I believe one of these days I'm going to go there. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to adore His holy name while I'm here. I'm going to just fall at my feet and give Him the very best that I have, which is our time, our heart, all these things that we can give. And I'll tell you this, if any of you here are alive when I leave this world, I want you to know one thing. My praise for Him is not stopping when I die. If anything, I'm fixing to amp it up a little bit more when I leave here. Why? Because I don't have a body that's that, that going to get hoarse and sick. I don't have a body that can't do the things. I'm going to be given to glorified, a new body, and I'm going to be able to praise Him, folks. I'm looking forward to the day that I can praise Him the way that He's worthy to be praised. I look forward to the day that I can truly sing unto Him the way that He's worthy to be sung to. I look forward to the day that I can truly just fall at His feet and I can say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me and he says uh, and Jesus tells us wheresoever this gospel shall be preached well <laughs> this lady she made a name for herself he said we're going to make a memorial he said we're going to make a memorial for her you got two different rooms that were happening here and I'm fixing to hush but you had two different rooms and right in the midst of the room you thought it would have been 100% agree and so this is what should be done All of a sudden, she found herself all alone. Sometimes I wonder if revivals don't get sparked by one person sitting right in the middle of it, thinking, I know everybody else may be getting stirred, but I sure am. All of a sudden, they get stirred up. And then other people get stirred up, and all of a sudden, you've heard about them in in the news even recently. Revivals start spreading. People start getting stirred. But instead of you looking at me at the feet of Jesus you come right on that, and you get right there with me. And all of a sudden, somebody else sees us at the feet of Jesus and they said, oh, if he's worthy of them emptying out their lives, maybe I should be too. And then they come to the feet of Jesus. Folks, I I long for the day that every one of us are at the feet of Jesus. And then he can look at us and say, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her, folks. I believe that blessed are those that die in the Lord, for their works surely do follow them. Folks, when we leave this world, our 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 actions and our service for the Lord is not going to go to the grave with us. Folks, it follows us. Are you serving Him? Or are you worshiping Him? Are you just praising Him? Or are you just like, okay, preacher? Let's get a song, and we're gonna we're gonna talk, and we're gonna chat a little bit. We're gonna go home, folks. I want I hope and I pray that we can just truly praise Him this morning. I want us to get a song, I'm done.